on the run. Down by two, 27 seconds left. Levine to the rack. Gobert there, no layup. Short, rebound comes down to O'Neal. Jazz have it. Shot clock is off and Mitchell is fouled. Ingles off a Gobert pick. Double team, Rudy rolls hard to the basket. He dunked it. Oh my, Chris Dunn is on the wrong side of that one. Inbound, lob right up to the basket. Caught underneath by Levine, swatted by Gobert. When he's decisive and just goes up there and just tries to punish people on both ends, you know, he turns into the all-star that he is. And, um, you know, nights like this, and then who do we just play? I think Detroit did the same thing. Like, he's, 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 uh, he's playing at a really high level right now. Last night was the perfect indicator of exactly what Rudy Gobert does on the floor and how he impacts a game. If... The All-Star game counts those type of things, defensive impact, create an entire scheme around a defensive player, the fact that he's won two straight defensive player of the years. He should make it as an All-Star. I don't think that the box score in the All-Star game has screen assists, and it might take a little bit more from coaches, from players, from other avenues to get Rudy Gobert in that All-Star game, which he is deserving of. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. J.P. Chunga, episode 28 of the program as we recap what happened last night against Chicago and also Monday night against the Detroit Pistons. Looking forward to Orlando and recapping exactly what you've got as far as Utah Jazz news. We got a little bit of those all-star voting tabulations out and Donovan Mitchell is in the top 10 when it comes to guards in the Western Conference. Currently sitting at 7th behind D'Angelo Russell, Westbrook, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, James Harden, and Luka Doncic. Yes, I did combine D'Angelo and Russ. It is still a two-for-one day, so if you have time left on Friday, you can vote for Donovan Mitchell and all the Jazz men on utahjazz.com. There is an easy way for you to do this, as you can just click... Go, vote, and you're good to go. They've made it very easy for the All-Star Game to have your inclusion and get your voice heard because the showcase coming up in Chicago ought to feature a jazz man. With how well that they're playing so far, winners of nine of the last ten, they're rising up the rankings two games out of the second spot in the Western Conference after all the consternation that we had during this year, the beginning parts of the season. Well, Utah's not that far out of really being an impact player in the Western Conference as it's all stacked up in the West. LA leads the top at a 27-7 record. Utah's at 22-12, and and then the bottom falls out for the 7-8 spot. Then it's OKC and San Antonio, which are probably in the positions that they will be battling out come March and April. And I realize the argument, oh, if Utah is the sixth team in the Western Conference Maybe they shouldn't get two All-Stars on the All-Star team. Well, I'd buy that if the six teams in the Western Conference weren't so good. Top half of the West is so competitive, and with the Jazz fighting and clawing right back up the standings as Rudy and Donovan continue to pour in impressive performances. Rudy's line last night. The guy has 17 points, 12 rebounds, 3 blocks. You saw it with a game-sealing rejection, 20 seconds left on Zach Levine, and then he did it a couple of seconds later on Levine once again. Chicago shot 14 of 39 on shots at the rim. In the entire game, they only made 28% of their field goal attempts in the last 22 minutes, 
once Rudy Gobert in that Jazz defense turned it on. The Tom Haberstroh stat that came from last year where it says Rudy Gobert, when he's on the floor, is the lone big. Jazz were plus 7.9 per 48 minutes, just plus 5.3 in all other lineups. Him as the lone big this year, plus 7.5 and minus 6.2 in 500 minutes without him on the floor. That stat, the latest ones coming from Eric Woodyard of ESPN. They continue to show his value in these games, and it showed last night. Donovan, in a quiet night, showed how he's getting better. 17 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, and he got the ringer treatment earlier today as Charks decided to write about Donovan Mitchell and what he's been able to do in the time where he has not had Mike Conley on the floor and he's playing one of the primary ball handlers for this team. He's elevating his game. 26 points, 5 assists, 50% from the field over the last 12 games without Conley out there. Inserting Mike back in will be fascinating to watch Quinn Snyder as they decide what to do with Mike. His success in Memphis came with him holding the ball and operating everything that that team was doing. Now, with Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles finding their groove together, Ingles and Mitchell trading off those primary duties... Utah's found themselves in a really good groove. The lineup that they're throwing out there to start, Ingles, Royce, Boyan, Donovan, Rudy, plus 21.2 in the differential according to Cleaning the Glass. Donovan has that breakout game against the Clippers where he goes for 30 points. He has those end-of-game shutdowns of the opponent where he just takes their heart out as he did against Orlando last time that they played, against the Pelicans during this great run. Him playing on the ball, playing slower as he's discussed. He's playing at a level where everybody can recognize that he's a star. And I I see those all-star voting numbers where he chimes in the top 10 as a validation of people recognizing how Donovan is impacting the game. That's also his Adidas, his shoe, getting off the ground, him being involved in commercials over the offseason, Spider-Man, his electric dunks. Donovan Mitchell is being recognized by this entire league. It's cool to see on Twitter that he's willing to share that shine with Rudy Gobert in his tweeting of support for his teammates' all-star candidacy. Again, two for one. Make sure to vote today. UtahJazz.com is a place where you can go for that. Continuing this one, as it was a narrow victory over the Bulls, Need that bench, and George Niang has continued to show up in it. Niang, 11 points on 4 of 7 shooting. In the four games since Jeff Green was waived, and it was a part of that so you could get George Niang out there, he can play more of the four, and I have to split that time with Jeff Green. He's averaging 50% from three, 47% from the field, 65% effective field goal percentage, and six points per game. Clarkson's instant offense, as we've seen, 12 last night, 20 on Monday. George Yang provides so much in playmaking. It's good to see a guy who worked his way from being on a summer league roster only a couple years ago, now being a rotation piece on a really good jazz team. 50% from three, probably not sustainable. However, if he continues on this trajectory of getting those minutes and doing well in those minutes, he can continue to do the right things to keep this team afloat when the bench goes out there, as 
we've seen that being a difficult part for the Jazz this year. Boyan Bogdanovich was offensively another point that helped Utah take this over the top against Chicago. He abuses Zach Levine and smaller defenders down the stretch. He had struggled heading into the fourth quarter where he only had nine points, but he ended up with 19, poured on 10 in that final frame, and a couple of possessions where he was going right at his defender to the hole. One that stood out was in that fourth where he loses the ball on a post-up, gets it right back, collects, goes back up, fouled, goes to the line for two. When his shot wasn't falling, he was willing to get into the lane and get fouled and sink easy buckets from the free throw line. Playing the post is not dead, and if Boyan can outmuscle down low, it could be an added asset to the late game playing for this team. Kirk Goldsbury and Jackie McMullen did a good explainer on how this type of play and, and thought has become pervasive in the NBA about post-game being dead, what the advantage is to shooting threes. It's like everything where there's nuance within it, even if the post play yields less than a three-point shot. In the right scenario, as possessions are drying up, as the game gets shorter, it can be the right play in the moment. Boy on down low. It was the Adam Sandler uncut gems. This is how I win meme. Helped assist what Utah was doing. And also, this is how I win. It's Rudy Gobert dominating on the other end. And that's not even to neglect what Rudy did offensively. As a rim runner, he had a powerful dunk in the fourth quarter. Six points in eight minutes during that quarter. His offensive game isn't what gets people into the building, but to watch that defense, that keeps people in the building because you win. Wins translate, and his defense has built a winner in Salt Lake. It was a good matchup, and as we discussed on Monday, how Chicago plays so aggressive, it was very incumbent on Donovan being a good playmaker, and Joe Ingles being a good playmaker. He led everybody with 10 assists in the ballgame. Utah played really well. Game before against Detroit, 104-81 to victors. Utah was locking down. Defensively, they only allowed 14 three-point shots, 4 of 14 for Detroit in the entire game. Clarkson showed that bench scoring that he can provide 20 points, 13 shots, hit four threes, and he was one of five guys in double figures. Rudy turned in another gem of 13 points, 19 rebounds, and three blocks. Donovan led the way with 23 points on 7 of 15 shooting. It was a good proof of what Locke says on his broadcast on the radio side of things of Utah having 240 minutes of basketball to be played out there with Jordan Clarkson added to the bunch. He just provides a no-lag moment for the opponent. When other teams would take advantage of Utah when the bench unit came out there, they can't do that now. Bright story for Utah is that a couple of bench players got out there and got a bucket. Rajon Tucker scoring his first NBA points. You could tell how excited he was to get out there on the floor, how he was taking a photo of the banner outside the locker room. Rajon Tucker with a time that he will not forget. Two victories over the week. They got a couple games coming up. Saturday against Orlando and then Monday finishing up the three-game road trip against New Orleans. Orlando's already a team that Utah's played, beating them in December 109-102. to Donovan and Boyan Bogdanovich both scored 30 points each. 
though that team of Orlando had Jonathan Isaac. They won't have that luxury of having him out there, and he has so much potential. Showed the flashes of all defensive performances, showed the flashes of being an impactful defensive player. He's no longer going to be able to lock down the perimeter for them. He's down with a knee injury, reevaluating eight to ten weeks. That means they're without their top two perimeter players. And we didn't see him in the last game that these two played, but it's just a testament to what that team's been dealing with. Al Farouk Aminos, their other top perimeter player, he's not going to be out there. He's been out as well. They might play big lineups where they're playing two of their three centers that they have out there with Vucevic, with Bamba, with Kem Birch. They're reaching deep into their coffers of their players that they've got. In fact, Wesawundu and Emil Jefferson are likely to pick up minutes as Aaron Gordon might not be available for Orlando tomorrow. They're on the front end of a back-to-back tonight against Miami, so we'll see how those minutes get divvied up heading into the showdown on Saturday. We'll have more on the Pelicans on Monday. Before we leave, have to recognize everything that David Stern did for the NBA. He passed away at the age of 77. There have been so many great pieces about his impact on the game, his thought of marketing players as the big commodity for a sports league, something that hadn't been done before. He allowed this crazy sport to feel like we all have a connection to it. Starting a draft lottery where it's televised, and we're seeing where prospects might go and projecting next-level players on a television show that's for another television show in the draft. He drove up interest. He knew drama. He understood the things that needed to happen to take this game beyond North America and into the international stage, making it global. He created the WNBA. I don't know about you. I love watching Emma Meesman and those Mystics win the WNBA championship. He created that. The clip that's going around this morning, Mike Conley's dad dunking in a dunk contest. That's David Stern. But let's run this in reverse real quickly. Just these two right here. What's your name again? Michael. And what is your name again? Jordan. Michael. Jordan. Anybody see the connection? Now, Michael Conley has made his way to the floor to give his dad some assistance. (laughs) The dunk was outlawed in the NCAA. If you put the wrong person in charge of the professional league, Nobody's dunking right now, and it's one of the most exciting plays in all of basketball. It's the reason why Donovan Mitchell has so many fans. Realizing a dunk contest could be a way that you build a following is foresight. Now, he definitely has the other side of him, where it is the David Stern, emphasis on the Stern part of things. He was a tough guy. His impact on this league is being felt today in his successor, Adam Silver, continuing what the league is doing right now. Excellent article in the Tribune discussing how Stern stuck up for teams like Utah. Frank Layden gave him a great send-off, the former Jazz coach and general manager. Layden explained how he assisted in Utah's relocation from New Orleans How the Jazz became the Jazz. His relationship with Larry H. Miller in understanding the importance of an owner who is local, who is wanting to keep a team here in Utah. How much David Stern admired the fans that would come out to the games. 
I would take in games here in Salt Lake City. This is a commissioner who spent a lot of time here. The biggest moment of NBA success with Jordan's Bulls against Stockton and Malone, making those battles the marketing pitch, takes vision and takes stewardship of being willing to do things that are not conventional wisdom. David Stern, somebody that basketball fans can credit for their basketball fandom as somebody who grew up loving this game and and eventually working in it, he laid the groundwork for what we see every single night. That does it for this edition of Round Ball Roundup. We'll be back on Monday. Two games behind, second place in the Western Conference. Five games out of first. We'll have you set on Monday. I'm J.P. Chunga, and until next time, bye for now.